are you laughing at? Your face. What are you laughing at? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Miriam Tazi is back in the house. That's, I'm back. that's right. Back in uh, in the hot seat. Kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't huh? know if I still had this in me, you know. Back in the studio chair. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. <laughs> Rock Kim, come on, you gotta keep it going. Keep the flow going. I gotta try to flow. I can't compare myself. Even pretend. Well, I'm glad. You, yeah, shake it. <laughs> She's shaking at people. I like the song a lot. Let's let it. Let's let it play for a second. <laughs> yeah. I had money. I had none. I had money. I had none. Every second is a fine. Up. That's what's up, people. I, I had to let Jimbo bring it in. Jimbo. That's what we call him, Jimbo. <laughs> what's up with that? Miriam Tazi, welcome. What's up, Malcolm Riddle? And that's what's up, people. Welcome to another episode. We had to bring it in that way. A little music by my main man, Jim Morrison. So show some respect. Yeah, Ooh. Jimbo. Jimbo. That's very respectful. It is. What do you mean? Jimbo. <laughs> I like Jimbo. You don't like Jimbo? Jimbo sounds like... What? Just like, I don't know. Just some dude off the street, you know. Just We're all jumbo. some dudes off the streets. <laughs> and that's where it's made at, off the streets. Speaking yeah, we- of the streets, we got my main man, Earl Cameron, calling in today. Earl, a.k.a. ECC, a.k.a. EC Fresh. You know what I mean? What? Everyone, you know, has like 16 huh? names. <laughs> you know what I mean? Earl was a beatboxing extraordinaire. Oh, nice. From the mean streets of Flint, Michigan. Oh, I see. DJ. Beatboxer. Yeah? Yeah. In the bathroom, too? In the corner? Oh, yeah. I think he invented it. <laughs> wow. I think he did. Nice. We'll, we'll, have him, we'll have him recap the stories for you. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. But, How do you uh, know this person? I just told you. From well, the streets of Flint. From just back in the day? Are you related to this person? Yeah, we're like brothers. You know mm. what I mean? We're all brothers. Of course. Mm. Yeah, we grew up together. Went to school together. Is he still there? No. Earl, Earl escaped. It was like escape. He was like Snake Plissken. He escaped from New York. Jesus. From New York? No, he, he escaped Flint. It, I, that was, you know. Oh. I was just doing a comparison. I get it. You know, he got out. I see. I would say unscathed, but yeah, he, uh, no, he, he left some time ago, I guess, and moved to Atlanta. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to Earl. Okay. Interesting character, I think. Man in the community. You know, he's in the food service business now, running things in the ATL. You know nice. what I mean? We call it Hotlanta. You know, <laughs> some people. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you want me to do? Let's turn it down for a second <laughs> so I can get into this. Jim Morrison is cranking. But yeah, yeah so he uh, he agreed to do the show. We might just, you know, reminisce, take a stroll down memory lane, talk about Flint, you know. Okay. See what see what we can get into. Some stories. I'm supposed to call in at one thirty, but here it is. <laughs> Calling him out already before he gets on the air. It ain't easy, people. Trying to book guests and have interesting characters. We had a couple on, I think, in your absence. Of course, you were entertaining family for like, what, 10 weeks or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) It did feel like a long time, but yeah. What did you guys get into? You guys uh, went to California, went to San Francisco? Yeah, that was really nice. It was a good time? It was great. Ate a lot of seafood? Yeah, even here, though, my family loves Asian food. Straight out of Morocco. 
Yeah, well, they eat only fish pretty much when they're back home. So, so they came here to eat more fish. Yeah, that's what they like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we had steak and stuff a couple times and whatever, but I like steak, burgers, and but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had uh, we had Greg Gilmore on the podcast. Interesting, colorful character. Uh, so he he was on a a reoccurring guest. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to hit him up next week. (laughs) I think I'm gonna try to hit him up. Have have you and Gilmore on at the same time? Oh, at the same place. (laughs) You know what I mean? Might be trouble for you listeners. A little nervous now. You guys would be in for a treat. Let me Mm. tell you. It'll be fun. But uh, yeah, no, I just been. Trying to keep up with that, I took a week. I, I took last week off, as you guys know, listening. Just, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm swamped with paperwork and trying to work and juggle. It's too much. So I had to, I had to collect my thoughts. That's why I don't have jack shit prepared today. <laughs> so some of you might be tuning out as we speak. You know what I mean? It takes me a while. I got to get warmed up. But you know, you guys are bear with me. It's all right. You know, we've been down this road before, maybe, yeah. you know, 30 or 40 episodes, but that's just how it is. Uh, no, I just mean, I've been glued to the, to the television set uh, watching CNN and, you know, all the quote unquote news uh, uh, channels, news channels, right? Yeah. You know what it's called? Networks. Networks. That's what they call it. <laughs> you know, about everything going down, down in Ferguson, Michael Brown. Uh, you know, shooting of a of a young teenager. So that, that's been uh, a young unarmed unsettling. teenager. Yeah, What's, I mean, I don't know. I I do know actually. It's just it's it's chaos, but it's a ca- type of chaos that really hasn't left. I think we have become a society where we we've, we've we've got a little comfortable, and we've built up these walls and built up these uh, you know these 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 gated communities and stuff and these town centers and malls and, you know, all this stuff that we have, we've kind of stopped looking what's in our own backyard and until something blows up and it's in your face, then everyone's talking about it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's here it is and and we got to deal with it. Black, white, Hispanic, you know what I mean? From the Middle East, doesn't matter. You know what walk of life you come from, but now you got to do. Now you got to see it. Now you got to talk about it, and we got and it's here, and we got to deal with it. You know what I mean? I think there's certain things that are just unacceptable, and people are finally speaking up, and a little bit more anyway. But I don't know if they're being or we are being heard. That's really the question. It's you can speak up, but it's just there's also too much power discrepancy and things like that. That just really influences things the wrong way. I don't know if... Um, Power is in how? As in the police, you know, yeah. just taking things to extremes. I mean, it's there's so many videos and all that th- stuff right now that are just, you know, women getting punched in the face, you know, when they have... These... Just being stopped for, like, not stopping at a stop sign or something. You're like, really? Well, they're, they're out... Punched in the face? Is that necessary? Yeah, like, they are... They're playing for keeps, and what I mean by but what I mean it shows by that they, like the police is scared. That's what it. That's how it's interpreted in my eyes. You know, it's well, just taking it to an extreme without even like and they get away with it. So. And they should be. They should be. They should be afraid on for multiple reasons. Yeah. Because the, the 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 people the the criminals that are out there, they have gotten you know very sophisticated and 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 also just as 
brutal. So they don't know who's who. They can't tell, you know, one from another. They just uh, go based on whatever profile that's in their head. And that's something that that's something that bothers me because yeah, that's not right. Because, you know, and you can't even say as of late, but just in general, if you. Was I talking to you about this offline? I can't remember. Uh, but if you think of if you if you if most of the time when, when people think of a thug or they think of a, a criminal, they're going to they're going to automatically associate that with black most of the time. You know what I mean? When someone says terrorist, they think of someone from the Middle East. You know what I mean? Right or wrong, you know. It's I mean, that's like that's typecast bad. Typecast almost. Well, know. that's that's just bad programming. That's bad programming on everybody's, everyone's part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. uh, is guilty of some sort of profiling or, or, or assumption. Or, or, yeah, stereotype uh, casting in their mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, it's, it's got to be it's got to be equally as tough. If you're a police officer to be out there in the streets, but when you're, you, you gotta exercise better judgment when it mm-hmm. comes to a child, you know what I mean? 17 is so young, you know what I mean? I don't care what size, how dark the skin is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Joe Scarsborough hit a, hit a point on uh, MSNBC on morning Joe, when he said, if it was a, if it was a white teenager that was shot and laid face down in the street, we'd have a different story being played right now. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. They left the they left uh, Michael Brown's body uncovered on the street, face down, dead for hours. You know, I'd flip my wig if something I mean something like that happened to a family member of mine. God forbid if anything like that happened to my son. Uh, but it's a it's a reality. It's a reality that. That we have to deal with. And when I mean by, by, by we, I mean anyone affected by crime. And crime isn't always carried out by the quote-unquote criminals. That's Sometimes true. it is carried out by authoritative figures. Yep. So we have to... Hold them accountable. We have to hold them accountable. We also have to hold ourselves accountable for, for being aware that this evil exists. True. You can't live in a gated community. And what I mean by gated community, I also mean your mind just because you're out in the burbs, just because you're out, uh, in, in a, a comfortable area or, uh, you know, there, there are no signs that say, you know, blacks not allowed or this person not allowed things have quote unquote changed, but have they really, have they really changed? Huh? Or have they been masks? Are, it's and, more masked. And, and are those are those are those masks of smiles, you know, twice as deceiving? Because you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And sometimes some of these cats, you know, they got jobs in powerful places, yeah. and some of them wear guns. Some of them wear neckties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very nice tailored suits. So you you have to be aware, and you have to teach your children, you know, that this does exist. I, I remember. I remember growing up. I mean, you, you, when I was when I was a kid growing up, and then all the other kids that didn't look like me, it didn't come from my neighborhood. Um, they were out, you know, movies, pizza, you know what I mean, doing doing stuff with children, do riding their bikes, you know what I mean, having fun. I did all that too, but part of my education in the house, I'm talking early on. I I I remember early memories of, of a child being taught how to talk to police, how to act when the police come. They're going to come. They are going to come. I remember my old man talking about it and telling us, 
You know, yes, sir. No, sir. Be respectful. Uh, if you get pulled over, I remember one of my first lessons of getting my license. Most kids, most kids this day and age, what are they doing when they're preparing to get a license? They're picking out a car. You know what I mean? They're picking out a car. I didn't have it. You know, I'm, and I'm not hating, but I'm just saying, what we were doing, we were being prepared, groomed to be able to handle what happens when you get pulled over. What are you going to do? My old man, both hands on the on the steering wheel. When they when they ask you something, you respond. You know what I mean. You stay calm. You stay cool. You give them what they need, and whatever you do, don't argue with them. I remember that specifically. My old man saying, "Don't argue with the police because you'll lose." Oh yeah. Bottom that's, line, that's it's the truth. you'll lose every yeah. Yeah. time. Yeah. You're talking about a child. You're talking about, you know, 15, 16 year old. Yeah, I mean, it makes you lose faith, you know, because police is supposed to, the police is supposed to protect you. You know what I mean? So it's just completely yeah, but that's twisted. They, that's something they sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's something that's, that's sold to you to yeah. protect and, and serve. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, and they have to look at it on their side too. But, it, you know, it's it's a it's a weird place to be mentally especially as a child, to have to deal with that. Now, that's the thing that people, that's the thing that most people, I believe, I can't you know, speak for most people, but I, I don't think they get that type of pressure. You know what I mean? Children alone have, have enough problems as it is. You know what I mean? Just going through the growing pains of life. But on top of that, when you have a group that has to, uh, has to uh, you know, think to be almost burdened with the pressure that one day you might, you know, you might be killed. You know, you might be arrested. You might be thrown in jail. You may be beaten. You know, that's something I, I, I live with that. I mean, this my is whole not life. something that only black people, you know, need to. I mean, it's just a respect thing, trying to be respectful and not getting yourself into more trouble. Which All is, people. Yeah. All you know, people. I mean, All people. It doesn't pay. It doesn't pay to argue. Right. <laughs> it doesn't pay to argue with them. Exactly. You know what so, I mean? It's just in so many other domains, too. Because while you're arguing, they're going to keep asking the same question and keep almost egging it. Just keep pushing it and pushing it, you know, until, you know, they've heard enough and, you know, they're going to take you in. Take you in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or take you down. Yeah. Or take you out, you know? And you don't know, you know? It's, it's, that's their world. That's what they do. That's what they're trained to do. You know, they yeah. are, they are trained, but it's like you said, maybe their weapon of choice shouldn't be the choice weapon. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. But even like pepper spray and, like and then taser what, and then, guns and, then and the stuff, other side, that goes really extreme too. Yeah, but, <laughs> it's, it's well, like, the other side, the other side anymore. of that coin so is if you walk going. around, if you walk around with a billy club, if you walk around with a taser, if you walk around with, uh, if you walk around with, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what they're called. What are they called? Uh, pellets or something like that. Stun yeah. guns and mm-hmm. whatever. If you're walking around with that and someone pulls out an AK-47, then you're fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just there. I don't, there's no easy solution, you know. But. We got to have faith in each other, but at the same time, you we have to have, figure a way to. I think we have to figure a way to, to communicate and be part of the community. I think we've separated. We 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 separated ourselves from our communities where we don't know who the fireman is or the cab driver is or the local person, you know, who runs the 
small business in your area, whether that be a deli, whether that be a hardware store, the policeman, uh, the mailman, and stuff like that. We don't even it's care. It's become very impersonal. Yeah. We're, uh, narcissism is alive and well. And with that, we build up, again, like I just said, we build these walls up. Yeah. Whereas the uh, only thing that matters is me. It's my world. You know what I mean? And within that world, you don't have the right to talk to me. You don't have the right to question me. You don't have the, the right to stop me or pull me over. You don't have the right. You know what I mean? But yeah, they do. <laughs> they they do. The thing yeah, is. It's not like in other countries. There's like fucking checkpoints everywhere. You can get stopped whenever, wherever. And people ask you for your papers and stuff. Here it happens so rarely, you know, where you get like. Just there aren't. There's some random checkpoints and things like that. Oh, is yeah. it calling? Yeah, we are calls coming in, so okay. let's let's see what's up. Hold on, people. Earl. Hey, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, yeah, we're on air right now. I just started this show. It's all right. We can bleed into it. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I was going to do a sound check, but uh, okay. <laughs> I, I assume you can hear us. Uh, all right. Yeah. So let me just set it up. My main man Earl, who I introduced earlier in the show and i'm sitting here earl with mariam tazi my co-host can you <laughs> hello ahead. hello can you okay. hear me yes how you doing Mary? good how are you good 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 so i was talking about we were just going off i was going off into a bit of a uh, uh i was rambling on or going off into a rant about the la- latest uh developments in ferguson where michael brown was shot and i was talking about uh you know growing up gr- me growing up and how kids today grow up is a it's different because i was taught how to handle a situation if and when the police come and that that type of training and i call it training because that's exactly what it was my old man kind of he he did he instilled that in us at a very young age and then growing on top of that you had the training that you got from growing up in a city like flint michigan i think you can uh you can agree to that some of the stuff that you picked up on. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, Flint itself is a training ground for police, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's high incline, you know, um, and just being black up there, you know, you are, it's hard, you know, for someone who's trying to do right. When you're, when you're in a pool of sharks, it's hard to be a dolphin, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> It's hard to be a dolphin when you got sharks swimming all around you, you know. So what happens is these young black kids, they um, they tend to try to be sharks, which, you know, you don't blame them. You know, <laughs> like I said, you get ate up up there if, you know, if, if you're too soft, you know, to, uh, for the lack of a better term. But, um, you know, so I always say change your environment, you yeah. know, and, and that's what I did. I mean, it's. You know, people say, well, it's hard. I can't, what am I, you know. I mean, I, I left Flint, Michigan with nothing. I had $200 and a tank full of gas, moved to Atlanta, and didn't know nobody. You know, I slept in my car for a month. And my car didn't have a tag, didn't have insurance. I didn't even have driver's license. So, I mean, you know, can't nobody make any excuses. You know, <laughs> so um, if you want to get out, just get out. You know, and that's what I wanted to do. I had to get out. Um, I, I needed to, you know, improve myself, and I knew staying in Flint, Michigan, just wasn't going to happen. You know, it, it, I just wasn't going to be successful up there. So, um, you know, things that's going on now, um, a lot of it, 
is uh, you know you can blame some on the parents, you can blame some on uh, uh, on uh, society, but I'll be honest with you, most of it is within, is yourself. You know, um, you know, you have to. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you have to make a decision and want to improve. You know, and do whatever it takes. You know, within within the law, you know, to uh, improve yourself. Um, you know, so. You know, that's my thought on it. I haven't been watching the Ferguson thing too much because I'd be busy. Like right now, I'm cooking and talking all at the same time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so, but, I, uh, you know, when I get home, I do uh, watch it every now and then. And I saw something that they shot another guy, and but he was carrying a knife or whatever the reason may be. But uh, my thing is, can't you use a different tactic? Yeah, that's what we just talked about. We were just talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you have to just, I mean shoot to kill every time? Why don't you shoot him in the leg? Right. I mean, you know, I mean, why don't you gotta shoot him in the face? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you don't, I mean, that's what I would do. I would, if, if I felt my life was in danger, you know, I'm trying to stop you. I'm gonna shoot him in the leg or, you know, or tase him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I mean, you have, I have to really, you have to have a gun in your hand shooting at me. If I'm an officer of the law, you know, I'm gonna try to, you know, subdue you without uh telling you. Yeah. You know, so that's uh, uh you know, I think judgment has a lot to do with it, man. I think these they so trigger happy, you know. Um and they get away with it, so they just you know, I, I just don't understand it, you know. I really yeah, don't. So it's it's tough. It's tough, especially being a parent and what I have to how I have to approach and talk to my son, you know what I mean? How I talk to him and how I tell him what to do if something goes down and it's not just with the police it's it's with other human beings mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. you, you don't know where or when something may go down but believe you me it's going to go down yeah. and you have to be ready for it of course like you right. said like you said before though in a in a place like flint michigan and there are flint michigans all over the country there there's there's mm-hmm. plenty of towns like flint michigan but in a town like flint michigan yeah you got to be on your p's and q's or you may suffer the consequences. Exactly. You know what I mean? mean you know, you, yeah. You yeah, can... exactly. I mean, it's, 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 like I said, I haven't been to Flint but three times since I moved here in 93. And when I went back in 2008, it was, I mean, it was so close to being a third world country. I was like, whoa, is this my home? I mean, the area over the Avenue A in that area there on the north side was just like, I mean, houses boarded up and people living in them. You know what I mean? They boarded up and they living in them. No power, no electricity, clothes hanging out on the porch where they drank, washing clothes, whatever they do. I mean, it was just, I couldn't believe it. It was poverty at its at its lowest, you know. And uh, I said, this is Flint. You know, in the early 80s, Flint was growing. It was a prominent city. You know, there was building. They was doing a lot of things. And then... Of course, everybody knows the story. Uh, General Motors shut down. Boom! They brought crack in, and that's just a recipe for disaster. You know, uh, that just that just wiped Flint out. You know, and uh, you know, I was young and I didn't really understand what was going on because um, you know I was still in high school, but I still didn't understand the ramifications of General Motors shutting down. I no. remember it clearly. Yeah, you, you know, I remember people people talking about it, but I didn't understand. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't um, grasp it because at the same time, you're just you're still a child, so you're doing child right. stuff. 
But mm-hmm. at the same time, I remember when we were growing up, there was stuff that we had to learn. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, we were joking the other day about speaking out of turn or talking out right. of your neck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and for those of you, and for the listeners listening, speaking out of turn means, it's, it, it, I mean, break it down what speaking out of turn means, Earl. Well, speaking out of turn, I mean, the, 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 I'll be honest with you, the, the number one thing that, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I can say this and keep it clean. You don't have to keep it clean. Oh, I don't? Oh, no, okay. No. The, no, okay. The number one thing that gets black people killed is being nosy. Speaking out of turn, you ain't got nothing to do with nothing, but yet you want to show an opinion on something that you ain't got nothing to do with, and then you get slapped. You know, <laughs> and you see it all day on Facebook. You know, there's uh, videos all day, <laughs> people speaking out of turn, and they just get slapped. You know, it's sucky. You know, <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, you know, flat. You know, we had a thing where we call it uh, when you get stolen on sucker punch. Our term was it. We call it steel dacia. <laughs> That's what we call it in Flint, and it happened all the time. Some guy talking all out of turn, and he'll get sucker punched <laughs> for no reason. And so that, could, know, that just, could just be that could just be a conversation <laughs> that's involving two or three other people, and then he yeah. but he butts in. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mm-hmm. always it doesn't it didn't always and doesn't always end up with as violent as a murder. But at the same time, right. you could get your mouth blown out. You know, yeah. just just for for butting in. And again, when you're fifteen, fourteen years old, and you're Usually you learn it because you get your mouth blown out. You know what I mean? Right. You, you, you speak out of turn and then you cut, you know, you know, you don't just learn it just from listening to a guy on a podcast right now. And I'm telling you about it. No, you learn it the hard way by speaking yeah. out of turn. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Does at some point, you know well, they mean? don't, these days, no one gets blown out, at least in this area. I don't know what Atlanta's like. I'm not just. I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Yeah, but who disciplines your kids? You know what I mean. That's the. That's the question. Exactly. You know, like you can't even discipline your own child because someone will call social services on you. Yeah. Well, yeah. But but not in our Yeah. You know what? That happened to a friend of mine. um, Just not even two months ago, and I'm talking. This is my best friend out here, and I'm talking a good guy, hardworking. You know, um, takes care of his family. You know, and his son uh, was speaking out of turn, okay? And so uh, they were driving in the car, and his mom was telling is, uh, telling him to do something, whatever, and he's mouthing back, you know, and, you know, they, he got the warning. Because when we were growing up, you didn't get the warning. You know, you didn't get the warning when, you, when I was growing up. But anyway, he got the warning. He kept on babbling. Uh, my friend pulled the car over, smashed him out the car, <laughs> and popped him and popped him dead in the mouth, right there on the street. And some old lady, uh, um, um, you know, was driving by, saw it, thought that his son was a woman, and that some guy was beating his wife. <laughs> and so she called the police. Police comes, figures out what's going on, and then says, and then takes him in custody for striking his child. Yeah. You know, and like I said, this is a good guy. He don't beat his kid. He don't do that. That's probably the first time he's ever hit his kid, you know, uh, and his kid is, um, 
13 now, 14, something like that. So, um, you know, it wasn't even that serious, but, you know, that's how society is now. Yeah. You can't put your hands on your kids. Now, me, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a damn about what society says. If my son buck up at me, he get knocked out. Yeah. Period. <laughs> now, I don't put my hands on my kids. No, I don't. I haven't whooped my kids since they were young. But, I mean, just watching on TV, seeing what, uh, you know, how these kids talk to their mom, especially white kids. You know, I'm not, yeah. I ain't saying all white kids, but especially white kids, they just, you know, Mom, you're a bitch. Oh, I my can't God. Even I mean, that, that, <laughs> people talk to their parents these days. I could never, yeah. even today, I could never. I even feel bad cursing in front of my parents. You know what I mean? It's just right. like, no. Exactly. <laughs> to say it to them? No. Yeah. No. What, what was a cuss word? Yeah, up. no, they don't answer. Yeah, if you, they yell, yeah, Miriam. And if you respond, yeah. it's like, we don't yell in this house. You come to me. If I call you, you come to me. And it's just like, okay, yeah. that's what we do. You know, it's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Hey, what, what was a cuss word? And I hear these kids nowadays, they just... Hey, 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 Tommy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, you get slapped down for that. Yeah. You and, did. That's when I was growing up. You got slapped backwards. My grandfather was a master at slapping. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was a master slapper. I mean, and it was frightening the way he would do it, you know. And this is what kids need today. I mean, I'm, I ain't saying they need to be abused. But, I mean, they need to be woke up. You know, they need my grandfather right now to give him one of those <laughs> one of those magic slaps. That's all it takes is just that <laughs> just that one just magic once. slap. Yeah, just That's once. Just <laughs> one time. I mean, because was it the back of the hand or was it the, the was it the, the palm? It, it, it was the palm, and his hands were like potatoes. I mean, his fingers <laughs> were. Fat. You know what I mean? And when he hits you, you know that when you get. You ever been poked in your eye and you see that blue light real quick? <laughs> Ooh, it's just real fast. It's like somebody took your picture. <laughs> you it's saw it flash. every single time. It's a flash. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? My grandfather, he was fast and scary because he would do it in such a way. You First of all, you never knew when you were going to get slapped. Because he, <laughs> he, 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 he would find out stuff that you did that you think you done got away with. <laughs> so you never knew when you were going to get slapped. And he would do things like this. This is just absolutely cruel. He would go. He knew he going to whoop you, but he would plan it out. It's premeditated. <laughs> You know what I mean? It should be a crime. Because he'll go down to the ice cream store. He'll buy a triple decker ice cream cone. Load it up with sprinkles and chocolate and everything. And then come back to the house and he's just licking it. And then you're looking at it. And he says, you want some of this ice cream? And you, you know, and you're like, yeah, I do want some of that ice cream. He said, come on, have me a lick. And I'm talking about as soon as you get in striking range, the only thing you see is blue lights again, that flash. <laughs> it's a flash. It's so quick. You know what I mean? And by the time you even realize what happened, you, it's 10 minutes going to pass by. And you don't woke up. <laughs> you don't woke up. And you're like, and he don't care. He, you, you, you're three years old. I mean, he's slapping you down three. at three. He didn't, I'm telling you, my grandfather, he was abusive. He was. You know what I mean? But I'm telling you right now, it made you a stand-up citizen. <laughs> Gave you some fear. <laughs> yeah. Fear. I'm telling you, man. I, yeah. God, I was God. telling you. So that is a magic slap. Man, he, 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 had a, he would slap you so hard, man. It, it was just it was frightening. And then try to see you stop crying. 
Why would parents do that? Fear. <laughs> Why would parents tell you to do that? <laughs> Fear. I don't. I couldn't even yeah, see just, <laughs> parents today even having that. T- their hands are too soft. Today. <laughs> So they yeah. they can't do. I I could I could probably shake twenty hands today, and none of them feel like a potato. None. Right, no. <laughs> no. They feel like a marshmallow. <laughs> Everybody, we didn't use lotion back in the day. No. We only put lotion on our legs. No. As boys, we just didn't want our legs ashy. Yeah. Everything else, we didn't care. Elbows be looking like matches. Just just rough. <laughs> I mean, we didn't care. You know, but now we can wear helmets no. on bikes. No, we used to play. T- we used to play tackle football. Remember, we used to play football in the streets, and then right on the yes. little patch of grass that That's you yes. you was open to get tackled right there on the You're side, right, right there, exactly. <laughs> and you would get <laughs> tangled up. You would get. <laughs> you would get tangled up beyond all recognition. You would get hammered. We would just wait. <laughs> For that ball to get lobbed up and then blow your chest out. Yeah. Right there. Let you catch it. We'll let, just let you catch it. Let your just f- so we can just, yeah. just let, embalm you. So we yeah. can embalm you. <laughs> let your foot touch that patch of grass and you're yeah. done. You would just you're be done for. And you'd have scars. You'd have scars on your elbows, on your knees. You would yeah. What Earl is talking about what Earl is talking about for the listeners is respect. And toughness. <laughs> so motherfuckers probably yeah. need to. They need to get popped in the mouth, mm-hmm. and they need to play tackle football on the pavements. It sounds like is that true, yeah. Earl? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, Absolutely. I think. I'll, yeah, look here. The laws here need to get tougher. Okay. Too much now, freedom. When I say, <laughs> yes. I mean, well, I'm not even gonna say we're necessarily free, but I'm talking about just different things. You know, like if, if for instance, if a uh, kid takes weed to school, they're expelling him now for the whole year if he has weed at school. Okay, yeah. that's to me that's not the right punishment. No. That is not the, what you need to do is take his weed. Same thing. Same thing they do over there in uh, uh, Bangkok. Uh, no, uh, Singapore. Like they, over there in Singapore. They, they switch them. Cane. No, cane. Yeah. yeah. With that long, and get a professional, one of them Japanese warriors, or whoever, because they know how to put the energy right at the tip of that stick. Well, there was, you know, to your point, all jokes aside, to your point, there there was a time when they used to do that with the quote unquote the the, the paddle. They would paddle you in school. Yeah, but again, that's right. That, that corporal that, punishment. That's yeah, capital, yeah, yeah, a corporal punishment it was called. Yeah. Well, no, they would they would paddle you in school in front mm-hmm. of everyone. And it, it was, yeah, it was shaming yeah. and, and that meant something. But like you said, as things evolve now, now you can sue the teachers. You can sue, which, you know, right. I don't know if I want anyone paddling my son, but if he gets out of line and I've even gone to the extreme of giving all his teachers my cell phone number and they have, they've sent me text yeah. messages. They've sent me, uh, uh-huh. uh, they've called me. Uh, once, once or twice, it doesn't happen. My my guys, you know, I know he's no angel, but he's uh, and I know he's listening. So uh, the uh, but I've had his teachers call and I pop up at that school like my grandfather used to do, and you know I just pop up and he would get the fear of God. I've never had to, I've never had to I've never had to beat my son or punish my son in that that fashion, uh, but he does he does respect and no fear. Uh, <clears throat> so it's it's something that I think. Uh, I think it would help far as 
children when it, when it, in a form of, of parenting, uh, you know, being able yeah, to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my thing is, uh, you know your kids, okay? If your kid has gotten a paddle, you know your kid. You know he deserves that damn paddle. Yeah. Now, I don't want nobody hitting my kid, you know what I mean, uh, with a paddle, um, especially if I know my kid. You know what I mean? If you're in your kid's life, first of all, most likely they won't be hitting paddles. That's number one. It, it takes two, you know, so it's hard for a single mom to try to raise three boys, and I see that all the time, yeah. you know. Um, but it, it, it takes two. I ain't going to lie. So if, if there's a mother out there and she got three kids and their kids – and they, they, you know, one of them is is, uh, is on the deep edge a little bit. Um, you can't blame. Them. I mean, it's hard. You know what I mean for a single mom to raise it. So, but again, if uh, you know your kid and they're getting in trouble, you know what I mean. He, if he got his ass whooped, it's because you know he deserved it. You know what I mean. <laughs> when we was growing up, the whole neighborhood could whoop your ass. Yeah, and you and you didn't go down to the you don't you didn't go down there and say, well, why you whip my kid? You knew damn well your kid deserved that ass whoop, so you didn't say nothing. The neighborhood you could whoop your ass. It didn't matter. Victor, you remember uh, Victor Strange, which I, I don't know if he's listening, but if he is, his dad will whoop our ass. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen him whoop. whoop. He whooped all our ass. And he had he had, he had, he, had <laughs> pota- he had potato hands. <laughs> he had strong. Yes. Strong hands. I made the yeah. mistake. I made the mistake of yeah. shaking his hand to see who was stronger. One mm-hmm. time, it just my my stuff just broke like twigs. They were they were callous, right. strong, <laughs> manly hands. I mean, he he, he was respected. There were certain people in the hood you just respected. You know what I mean? You just you just mm-hmm. you know if you got mm-hmm. a line, you get plucked. You know what I mean? You get popped. And like I said, it was okay here. You know, it was okay. For us as kids to walk to Myers. Yeah. To walk to Myers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For people who don't know what Myers are, it's like to me, it's an upgraded Walmart. For people who don't know what Myers is. Yeah, Myers is a. And we used to walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's an upgraded Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> we would walk. Walmart. I was waiting for the rest <laughs> of the story. <laughs> we would just walk there. No, oh, yeah. yeah. I think the point so, he's trying to make yeah, is. We used- People who don't walk anywhere, like my son, he keeps asking me to walk to some place called Nick's. I want to walk to Nick's. It's like you know, three quarters of a mile away at best. Maybe it, maybe a mile, well, maybe a mile. I don't know. It's not, it's not far. But it, well, uh, what, what, what I'm saying is, we at eight years old, we were <laughs> miles without being without the fear of being kidnapped. Yeah, it was like six you know miles. I mean? It was like six I, miles. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, what, it was crazy. Yeah, well, man, look, remember we were. I don't know. You, you was up there, but. Me, Fred, and I think Johnny, somebody else, rode our bikes to Davison. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> to go get some trim. <laughs> and me, none of us got none except Randy. You remember Randy? Yeah. Uh, Randy White? Yeah. Lived right across from Fred. Yeah. We went all the way out there thinking we were going to get us some coochie. Swimming <laughs> 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 coochie. Yeah, but I'm just saying this is the stuff we used to do. You, you, they don't ask a kid to drive ride a bike five miles. I don't, like, are you, I don't even think kid, I don't even think most kids even want pussy. You know, for that matter. So, you know, I kind of question I kind of question some of the some of these teenagers preteens. 
they don't even want what you call trim or coochie. No, they, they want video right. games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not even on that page, man. They 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 got mm-hmm. the, everything they got. They can download. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. They can download pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can download it. It don't right. it don't say nothing. It don't want nothing. Right. Don't talk back. <laughs> it just right. it just you know that's not from personal experience. <laughs> So the uh, yeah, and even with that, with technology, I mean, with technology, there's so much to do. You know, I mean, there's so many there's so many things to do that you just you tend to hibernate inside and you're just tied up mm-hmm. all day. So you know, why would I walk? I can order it online. Why would I? You know, I mean, why? Why? I've got everything I need right here in this phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas, how was it when you were growing up? What technology did you have, Earl? Um, I had a Atari, okay, which was like the worst graphics imaginable. Okay, I mean, Batman didn't even turn. If you wanted to eat, if you go up, he he ate out the top of his head. Okay, he didn't, his mouth wouldn't even turn to eat the dots. It was just he he eating out the top of his head. So worst graphics ever. Um, I had ColecoVision. Uh, Atari 5200. I had a Vectrex. Yeah, and, and, oh yeah, I had a Vectrex too. I won that from school. I did had a Vectrex. And uh, racetracks. I love racetracks. Kids these days, they ain't playing with no racetracks. But I had every racetrack you can imagine. Plus, I, I used to go to Myers and steal all the, all the good cars all the time. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I, did, I, I would skip school to go steal. You know what I mean? And that's, that's ironic because I hate these right now. If somebody steals something from me, boy, I hate them. <laughs> I used I used to steal your drawers if you left. You know. What I mean? that, um, but see, and the, but that's another that's another side to the coin. Like when you're a, when you're a child and you're growing up, this is how this is how messed up it is. It was. If you had ColecoVision, if you had a Vetrex, if you had all this technology back in the day, even now, I, I tell mm-hmm. my I always tell my son, don't tell people what you got because what happens is they circle back around and then you get got. They're going to take from mm-hmm. you. If there's a criminal in your crew, you know what I mean? Maybe, right. maybe in the suburbs, mm-hmm. it isn't going to happen. But back to what we talked about when we opened the show, you have to educate the kids that evil does exist. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the yeah. things that I remember growing up was we'd have, when we started getting into DJing and when you started getting into beatboxing and MCing and all that mm-hmm. stuff, if you had equipment, you wouldn't go like to a dance or somewhere and be like, yeah, I got all this equipment because chances are, one one of the dudes in the crew might circle back around and take your stuff, and take your stuff. Yeah. So we. Man, that's exactly. Man, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's so true. <laughs> this is why I say you're in a dog eat dog world. Because I remember my I couldn't afford DJ equipment. We couldn't afford it. No. So the only way I could get it is steal it, <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I stole some DJ equipment, you know, and then. Somebody come right back behind me and steal it from me. And I'm mad. Like, man, why the hell is this? I mean, I can't, I can't even be mad. You know what I'm saying? That's happened to me a couple times, you know, where I stole I stole a bike, a brand new bike. It was nice. And uh, I, I went somewhere in my, my uh, nest, I mean, my cousin, I told him before I left, I said, don't you ride my bike. I'm calling it my bike. I done stole that damn thing. He said, I said, don't you ride my bike because somebody's going to take it from me. He said, okay, I ain't going to do it. He rides my bike anyway and gets it stolen. 
and then I commenced to whooping his ass. Now, why am I whooping his ass? I, I stopped, you see, I said, this is the mentality that these people have today. You know, he's a... I'm whooping his ass because he got my stolen bike stole. Some of you make sense. But that's the that's the that's the overall corruption. And again, this isn't you know, we've we've kind of veered off. We were talking about Michael Brown earlier, but now we're right. kind of reminiscent of growing yeah. up in the streets. That's the uh that and and all hoods, all neighborhoods aren't aren't, you know, like that. But at the same time, if you let it corrupt you, you don't even know that you're being corrupted. Uh-huh. You don't know. It, it starts. That's all you know. You are you are innocent. Mm-hmm. You are in your parents' eyes. You are good. You know what I mean. But at the same time, mm-hmm. stuff starts bleeding in, and you don't even know it. Like you don't even recognize that you're. You know, you're corrupt. Like you <laughs> you got some corrupt ideas and tendencies. Yeah, you, you don't even. Yeah, you don't recognize it. No, you don't. You don't even recognize. Yeah, you are. You are. You, you don't. You just. You're just taking one step down a dark path. Mm-hmm. And 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 sometimes you can pull out of it like Earl, you know, Earl did. Hopefully, you're not stealing bicycles anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a weird thing. I mean, I've I've known people that would go to the extremes, and I think there's one story in the hood where dude slept over in an electronics store to get a boombox. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Was one of my best friends too, <laughs> Robert Joy. I don't mind putting his name out there. Him out. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I don't mind. So this we were kids. You know, we were kids. So and, and the boombox is we today's version of, of a, a having an iPod. If you had a boombox in our yeah. neighborhood, you were the shit. Oh yeah, you were the you shit. were the. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, were just, and we ain't we, talking about no little tape recorder. We talking about a, a damn this box weighs forty five, fifty pounds. Silver. <laughs> we talking, and you carry and you carried it on your shoulder. Subwoofers. You know what I mean? You walked around with it. Yeah, it would eat up batteries. It would, if you play and all you got in that batteries in two days is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it would eat up them D batteries. But yeah, that was a good friend of mine. And we we were genius, so man, that was that was genius to think of that. We're the reason why they got alarm systems now. That's why they got motion sensors today. I'm serious. They, they didn't have motion sensors. All they had was an alarm on the door. If you break the window, it's gonna go off. But if you sleep inside the store, you take whatever you want. And by the time you walk out the uh, the door, that's when the alarm comes on, and you already left. Yeah. So it was, you know, they, they got smarter because of us, you know, <laughs> sleeping inside the store. Whoever heard of some sleep? <laughs> I mean, we're going there, hide in the clothes, and go to sleep. <laughs> it was true, and then we just walk around the store and just, uh, you know, just go shopping like like we own the store. So it was just, it was crazy, man. I'm telling you, it was crazy. All <laughs> now, you remember that stuff? Yeah, yeah, All, yeah. I remember. Because, well, he was hailed. He was hailed as a king, a god, because he. If we, you know, we. <clears throat> you have to understand. We love technology, and it didn't exist when we were coming up. Earl and I would yeah. go. We would go to school dances just to look at the DJ. We would go yeah. and just watch. And we'd just stand here and just stand here and watch the yep. DJ. Yep. And if he if he made a move and he left his equipment, <laughs> believe you me, Earl and I was thinking. Uh. We were thinking, yeah. we were plotting, but we respected. We were, the thing is, we respected the art and the craft 
of DJing oh, yeah. so much. We were just in awe. Mm-hmm. And we would watch and figure a way once we got that equipment, how could we image, how can we do that? How can we mix right. that? But we would just go, we go to the dances. Everybody else is dancing. Okay. Everyone else is dancing. We'd be right there up in the front looking at the DJ, watching his every move. Watching, watching, <laughs> waiting. You know what I mean? And, until, until like, you know, a lot of times it would break out and we'd be in some place in a corner and then you, it'd be a battle, like a beatboxing battle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which, which Earl, Earl and Flint, I think Earl probably in the 80s, Earl was probably the best beatboxer in Flint, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I had a couple challenges, you know, a couple challenges, and, um, you know, they fell to the wayside, but, yeah. He's proud. I was, yeah, um, you should be. I probably, <laughs> yeah, I probably was, um, you know, uh, one of the best. I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the things that kind of saved a lot of people. You know, people always say sports or boxing or football or even ed, you know even education. There, there are certain <laughs> there are certain things that come along, and it was so painful though because again we didn't have technology. But through that the early years of hip hop and rap, that's that kept us going. Like in our neighborhood, that's just what we. That did. was our dream. Yeah, that was that, that's just, that, that was our dream to. We wanted to be Run DMC. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to be Run DMC. Bad. That's it. They were, and, and still to me, hands down, they are still the best rap group ever. I, I still wear shell tops. Yes, yes, he does. Yes. Yeah. I mean, hands down, it's, they were the best, best rap group, hands down. You know, and, and nowadays you don't even have a rap group. No. A rap group. <laughs> you don't have a rap group. That's lame. No. You know what I'm saying? That's why they look at it. That's lame. Well, it's all about the, you know? the person themselves, what they can say, what they can do, what they can uh-huh. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, they, and they ain't even spitting. They ain't even spitting lyrics. You know what I mean? I can, I can make a song right now out of nothing. I'm, right now, I just cook me a sausage. I can make a song with a song. I'm eating me a sausage. I'm eating me a sausage. I'm eating me a sausage. That's all they do. You would have got look right there. You, you, with t- today's talent, what they call talent anyway, would have got booed so bad. Oh my god! I mean, straight up booed. And even what they call beat, but what do you think about today's beatboxing? Um, I've seen somebody on the internet that was pretty tight. It's different now, and they just have to see back then. We cared about bass. Yeah. How loud can you do it? And I'm talking about the more bass, the better you were. Yeah. And that's what I was good at. Bass, and I had some sounds. But now, it's not about bass. It's about how many sounds you can make and what kind of show you can put on. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I can I can Google it, but this guy here, he did an entire show. Like, I mean, you could just put him on the mic and you could rock the club. Because he was doing... Everything from Eminem to uh, uh, Buster Rhymes, and I'm talking about doing their beats and sounding like them, rapping, you know, for a quick skit, and then boom, right back to the beat, then a scratching sound, and I mean, he just, but it was all on time, you know what I mean? So it was like you could literally dance to it, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was he was tight with it. Uh, he was real tight, so. Um, I think today, I think that, you know, it's only two people doing it. Yeah. Ain't too many kids out there can do that. It ain't, it's not really, and the ones that do it are old school. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At least in their 30s. You ain't gonna see no eighteen year old that walk down the street beat by. That's lame. Well, what you McCall? What you McCall just dropped something on online that I put up. Michael Winslow, the dude from uh, Police Academy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah from Police Academy, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, but no, they have they have they have annual beatboxing competitions. It's just it's something you gotta you gotta really seek out uh, and. Uh, and, and fine it's just we had uh recently on the show we had crazy legs from rock steady on the show and uh he was talking oh, okay. about <clears throat> he was talking about break in and just uh the state of rap and hip-hop today where you have to you have to you know seek it out to find the good stuff because the mainstream is populated you know with the you know with with the wax stuff and and you know it's it is what it is it's just it's just saturated and that's what they're feeding us but that's not the good stuff Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. you you gotta you gotta seek it out. But yeah, um, growing up, I, I you know Earl. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I remember like many many a battles, many a battles in bathrooms with you. <laughs> many oh, a yeah. beatboxing <laughs> battles, and I've talked about oh, yeah. this. I've talked about this on the show, and Miriam always looks at me like I'm crazy. I was like, no, you don't understand. You go in the bathroom, and that's where you're gonna get it. That's where that's where everyone yeah. would battle. Yeah, and and that's where the base was. So you put good. your face right in the you put your face right in the corner of the bathroom, <laughs> and I'm talking about it was it, it was like a megaphone. It just it just it just amplified your base tenfold. So I mean, we'd be in there just battling. And I remember this guy named Stanley. He was like new to Southwest, and I think he, he came from Detroit, and he was dark skinned You know, and he had a little base. You know, and uh, he had him a few followers. You know, and so they were like, oh, I need you to go battle Earl, you know. And this was like, you know, Muhammad Ali meets George Paul, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so we go in the bathroom, you know, and he has a couple of new sounds that nobody heard. So they were like, ooh, ooh, you know. And then, you know, I, I just stay with what I know. And I had one sound that uh, uh, I had made up, you know, and everybody went nuts. And I had the bass with it. You know, and I won that battle. But he he was my closest competition. But you know, um, you know, I was like the Muhammad Ali Frazier. You know, yeah. me and Stan. You remember that battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember just about every 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 battle was pretty epic because you guys. Right. I mean, it it was, it was something off of a movie when you when you look back and 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 you know I don't I don't reminisce. I guess I talk about it quite a bit on the podcast, but. When I think about it and you watch stuff today, it's pretty much something out of a movie because it would just be a crowd, you know, especially in yeah. our school growing up in, in Flint, going to Southwestern, mm-hmm. any school, you know, shares these same stories. But I mean, it was you, you had you had, you know, anybody played sports, you know, you had nerds, you had, you know, you had all these different groups and you had you had the MCs, you know what I mean? You had the B-boys, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and uh, anything that we did. Like you would get some people in study hall, you get some people to go to the games, but when the beat boys did something, everyone watched. You know what I mean? Everyone watched. Everyone. The school everyone power. Watched. We, no, power. no, but we didn't oh, even yeah. we didn't even know that there was power in it. We had no idea. It was no idea. We just everyone was just doing did their part. You know what I mean? Everyone right. did their part. We just we love doing that. Yeah. We love doing it, and you know, so now you said Malcolm is MC. Yeah. Do you know, I'm telling you right now, ask any wannabe rapper right now, the, the, the young one, the wannabe rappers, mm-hmm. ask them what an MC is. 
What does it mean? Yeah. I promise you, they won't even know. They'll be like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> they don't know. Because I'll be asking, like, do you know what MC is? And it's like, no. I, do you know what it stands for? They can't. No. They don't know, they, say, they don't know how to control a mic. That's right. That's what they're like. You're not mic controller. Yeah. And that's, you just can't say mic. You got to know how to control a mic. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't just, you, you just pick up a mic. You are you MC. You are mic controller. No, and they don't understand the they can't. And, 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 you, and, and, and to move a crowd, <laughs> like would they be able to move a crowd in a bathroom? Right. You know what I mean? If you were just talking, right. I'm a I'm a I'm a No, man, you're not going to move a crowd. You would get booed no. so fast. You know what I mean? It sounds right. good. That type of style sounds good <laughs> over a dope beat, but. You take that beat right. away and you're in a, a, a freaking bathroom somewhere. You're done. You're done. You're done. You you would you couldn't laugh. No, you wouldn't laugh. You couldn't you, laugh. You, you wouldn't laugh. And that's the stuff. You, couldn't that, laugh. you know, big ups to them. I mean, yeah, their their art is respected and new generations need to come and do what they do for other stuff to to come after, but uh uh you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of of a lot of the stuff I hear today. No, me either, man. Um, I like a couple of them because um, they have nice beats to it. So, for instance, Future. I like Future. Yeah. I like Two Chains. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not too many. You like everyone you know, I other hate. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. I like uh uh, uh what's his name Ke- Lamar. What his name Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Ke- uh, something Lamar. Yeah, Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. I like him. Yeah. And but the. the not, I don't like them enough to go buy their CD or download their music. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, but that's now, how, back in the day, yeah. Ice Cube, I, I'm, I'm, I'm first one in line. Yeah. LL Cool J, remember, remember we used to have a LL Cool J before it even, before we had it, somebody had a, a you know, I'm bad, somebody had leaked it. Yeah, he remember had a, we had it? He had a bootleg. <laughs> there was a bootleg yeah, version. Bootleg, there was a bootleg. It hadn't even came out yet. Hadn't came out. We had no <laughs> yeah, internet. Cool. We had no internet back then. You have to understand to get a bootleg exactly. back in those days, you you had to be committed. You yes. had to be you had to be the criminal of criminals to get that version out into the streets. Right. Like, you you had to be committed. Exactly. It, it was unheard of, and we had it when we thought we had the holy grail. We thought it was the holy grail. Remember when I was picking up radio stations in New York? Yeah, we we, we yeah, I did it. Huh. Yeah, yeah you had the antennas. I had hooked up the cable. Yep. Yeah, I had the antennas, and yep. I hooked up the cable and the CB radio <laughs> to my box. And, man, I'm picking up a New York station. And we thought it was... And everybody was like, man, where are you getting no mixtape from? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. got Grandmaster Flash mixes, and <laughs> yeah. I got Jam Master J mixes. And they're like, man, how you getting there? I'm like, man, I got New York station. <laughs> and nobody believed me. <laughs> Until Vic and Fred came over. And they saw all this contraption. I had a contraption. Yeah. <laughs> I had wires and antennas and cable and all kinds of stuff. And I'm picking up stations in New York. Clear. Crystal clear. Yeah, it was, and, uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a time where you would gather around the radio station certain times of the uh-huh. evening. In Michigan, uh, certain times of the evening, we would listen to the DJ called The Boogie out of Saginaw, Michigan. Oh, yeah. And then a certain time warm. of the day out of uh, Detroit, mm-hmm. we listened to The Wizard. So we Wizard, would, just yeah. like people would 
go home. Well, you don't even rush home to watch TV shows anymore because you can just DVR them. But uh, you would go home at this specific time to tape record, right? You would tape record the mixes mm-hmm. to see yeah. who got it, and you know it, it was it was a big deal. It was it was a huge yeah. deal. Yeah. God, we're old. exactly, man. I mean, we're so old. We were, we were, we were, we were into it. And and Malcolm, let we're me let's see, uh, Marion. He's not. I don't know. Malcolm is not telling anything about himself. You know, <laughs> Malcolm was. He was. He was somewhat spoiled. I don't even know. <laughs> Malcolm had. Yeah. He had all the mixed stuff. Yeah. Okay. His dad made sure he took. He got everything. So Malcolm had the turntables. He had the mixer. He had all the albums. Yeah. You know, and, and and be honest with you, Malcolm, you don't see the real. You yeah. couldn't scratch with the day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. yeah. he, now, he had he had all that equipment, but he couldn't scratch that good. You know? yeah. <laughs> but he still loved it. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, and I don't, and I'm not clear. Yeah, I, I, I'll clarify, though. I will clarify. I don't know if I was spoiled as I was. Uh, um, I I just kind of uh, did a lot of stuff, took a couple beatings, and uh, uh, did what I was yeah. told so I could uh, so I could get those records. I remember my old man, not so much my old man, but my grandfather actually would reward me. Every, I think every Friday. So I go to school. You go to school, whatever. And he'd give me like an mm-hmm. allowance. And I take that money and I go to Nick's up on Dort Highway. So every yeah, Friday, I'd buy, I'd buy two, <laughs> two albums. So I don't know if I was spoiled. Yeah. If I was, if I was a bad, if I, yeah, if I was a bad scratcher, I'd probably equate that to the belt drive turntables I had. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's it, exactly what it was. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, no, the reason why I say that is because you look, you had equipment. Yeah, I, had and I equipment. ain't talking about just you had you had equipment. Things that you know changed. What I mean? We couldn't get equipment. Yeah, no. we we didn't get equipment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had gold ropes. You had the big gold rope. Yeah. We didn't have no gold ropes unless we stole them. You, know <laughs> <laughs> you had the you had all of the shell top Adidas. Yeah, I did have a lot we, of Adidas. We, we didn't have a shell top Adidas. <laughs> You had the leaves, you know. You had all the jeans. You, you know what I'm saying? You had your stuff together. You know what I mean? Malcolm mm. was, uh, Malcolm was the man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trey was Prince, and Trey, his brother Trey was Prince. I know, know I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah, that was. A, he thought he was Prince. You that, know? that was a weird, weird thing I talked about on the podcast too, where you had okay, so you had B boys in the hood. You know what I mean? You had MCs, B boys, beatboxers. You had a bad DJ being me, as you've pointed out, and then you had, uh, then you had, then you had, but then you had a crew, and, and and you can you can you you can tell any stories that you may or may not may have on this. You had a crew of people that were Prince and Ninjas. <laughs> they were sometimes they were Prince, yes, and then sometimes they were Kung Fu artists. Do, do you and that was that was. <laughs> you know, I call it out. It was Che yeah. and uh, my man, the one who I, I um, Pringle, uh, Andre Pringle. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a whole bunch I of mean, it was a whole bunch Shane, of them. it was it was Lynn Parks. Oh yeah. It was uh, it was Lynn. Yeah. It was uh, uh, yeah. Pierce. Pierce. Oh yeah. It was a whole crew Pierce, of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, they wore the karate shoes. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But they wore the 
It was a cloudy shit. Was, uh, with the, the white soul on them. They were yeah, real yeah. thin. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were like tight pants at the lady. They were ninjas and, and <laughs> MC Hammer pants. But they had tactics too. They actually had they had nunchucks. Oh, they had staffs. They had all this stuff, but they had hair like Prince. <laughs> They were, right. they, you'd see them in the day, and I swear to God, they go to school, they dress up, they look like they do the prince look. And then, then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they got a kung fu outfit, Chinese outfit on. <laughs> oh, right. From head to toe. Do you remember Remember the jackets came in style, and Fred had one of those those Shaolin oh, yeah. jackets? Yeah. You know you know the kind of, it doesn't have buttons, but it, it's like a tie. Right. You tie right. it up. Had the big, had the, had the big cuff yeah. on your Yeah, right the big cuff where you can like. Put your put your arm in, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> "This is true." Like, Just, yeah. I still can't wrap my brain around. You I've can, seen pictures, I've heard stories. I still can't. You can't make this stuff I, up, I man. Can't, no, you the, can't. These dudes were martial artists. You need to make a movie yeah. about just that. I'm telling you, until they fought some uh, real street niggas, and remember, uh, <clears throat> um, I think it was uh, it was Valerie or Stephanie's boyfriend. I can't remember. You wasn't here then, now. This was a long time ago. This was—I mean, you might have been here when this happened. But um, uh, the, the dude—he lived in the alley right across from me mm-hmm. in that alley, and um, he had a German Shepherd. But anyway, he said something smart to Stephanie. I don't know what it was, but I was down there on the porch, and I didn't even know where to go down. And the dude was walking down the street with that German Shepherd, and here and Stephanie's boyfriend approached him and said something, you know, like, man, you was talking shit to my to my girl or something. Yeah. And he said something back, you know, and bam, Stephanie's uh, uh, boyfriend stole on him. Quick. Bah! And he sick that dog on him. Now, the dude, the, the, the Stephanie's boyfriend is one of them Kung Fu dudes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> one of them Kung Fu dudes. Must get, they get, they, they got to get into their yeah. They, they had to get into their stance. You know, it's weird because they would do it. They, they had the, the the stance where they would. Yeah. He couldn't get in there. So he didn't have time to get no. in there. No, when you get when you, yeah, when it gets on you, you it's like a wet blanket. You can't. You ain't got time. You ain't got time to go through the movements. You just got to get it off you. It's a yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's. it's it's quite a colorful picture when I when I think about all those uh, you know all those uh, uh, times and uh, it, so you left. What year did you leave Flint? I left Flint in nineteen ninety three. No, I take it back. I take I came here in nineteen ninety three, but I actually left Flint in eighty seven. You had enough, and I went. I finished, yeah, I finished school in Alabama, and back then, like I said, they were still like we were talking about the uh, corporal punishment. They were still hitting high school students with boards. I'm a witness to that because they hit me with a board, and that was the last time they hit anybody else. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> she hit me with that board, and, and that's a whole other story. I guess I can tell you real fast. <laughs> I got in trouble. I had only been there two weeks, and they told me, you know, you're going to have to take two licks. I'm 17 years old. I'm like, no, I ain't taking shit. Well, you're going to be kicked out three days. I said, okay, um, you know, I don't want to be, a, I don't, I'm just coming from the city, you know what I'm saying, uh, and I don't want to be a big problem, I don't want my auntie, she just got me at school, so I said, okay, I'll take the licks, you know, and this lady, man, she reaches, I mean, she could take her arm as far as it could go, <laughs> and hit me with that board, man, 
and the, uh, the first word out of my mouth was, <laughs> that was the first thing out of my mouth. I, I, I couldn't help it. And uh, I said, you're not going to hit me with that board no more. I promise you won't hit me with that board no more. <laughs> if you hit me with that board again, you're going to get hit right back with it. I promise you. Are you threatening me? I said, yes. If you hit me with that board one more time, I'm going to hit you with it. I promise you. You know, anyway, long story short, they expelled me. Okay, for school. I got expelled for school. So, yeah, because of that, you know, and I don't know what my point was, why, but, oh, your question was, when did I leave Flint? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a little tangent thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway. Just bringing back old yeah, memories. Yeah, I left in 87. Yeah, it does. I left uh, in 87 and finished school down in Alabama, a small country town. And, and in 89, I came back in Flint uh, in 90, stayed there until, like I said, 93, and left again. And those, uh, man, we have to do another podcast on that, because I'm telling you, from 90 to 93, I got a two-hour show for you. Is that right? <laughs> I got a two-hour show for you, for real. It's uh, That's when, you know, uh, I just came back from Alabama, and you country, and you don't know you country. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm telling you, you. You know what I mean? You're talking funny, but you don't know you think you're still cool. You're wearing, you know what I mean? You're wearing a lot of Carl Kanai. Yeah, and, and, and British Knights. <laughs> British Knights. I'm thinking I'm French to death. I don't know, British Knights, you know, Carl Kanai. You know, you think you're just tight, and everybody laughing at your ass. <laughs> and back then, back then, uh, damaged, used jeans. Yeah. Cross colors. Yeah. That's what was out at the time. And yeah. I'm sitting here with Carl Kanai, British Knights. Country ass. You know what I mean? Old, yeah, old troop suits. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they was blazing me, man. And that was the other thing I could do. I could stand real good, too. Yeah. For those who don't know, if who's listening and don't know what standing is, that's Rose, Jones, whatever. In front, we call it Stang. Yeah. You know, so I, I could do that pretty good, too. Snapping. But anyway. Snapping. Yeah. Is that what they say in Virginia? Snapping. No, no. They say they say they say Joan. I think of New York. They say snapping. Uh, oh, snapping! Oh, yeah. Okay. Podcast. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, we say staying it's roast. Now it's now it's roast. That used to be pretty good. At yeah, that, roasting. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to roast some people. Why you big? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Having. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Looking. <laughs> Mug, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like well, you cut it out like that. Oh we'll, man! We'll have to Why do... you big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we'll have to do a podcast just just based on snapping or Jonah right. or the whole nine, whatever you want to call it, for the people to be right. educated on on that side. So you went to you went to Atlanta, and what do you, would you set up shop there, right? Because what do you do now? Uh, I am a caterer. I own my own catering company here in Atlanta, and uh, it's a blessing. Yeah, that's I'm what's up. To, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's a blessing. I ain't gonna lie, because like I said, people who know me, you know me, Matt, Malcolm, um, yeah, you know. You came um, up from the streets of Flint, you know what yeah. I mean, from stealing bikes yeah. to, to equipment, exactly. you know what I mean, to, right. we, to you know wearing man? bad fashion, to, to, to having yeah. a successful I mean, catering company. Yeah, like I said, I just told you, I got expelled from school. Yeah. So obviously, I, did, I didn't graduate. Hmm. So what, what, how did I get my degree? And like I said, it's another whole story. But I got a prison GED, and I'm proud of it. 
I am. Yeah. I got a. I got my GED in prison. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just. Um, you know what I mean? Most people who know me know that, first of all, they know I'm, I was cool, good guy, it wouldn't hurt nobody. But <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> they, just said he they would beat that. the teacher. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, right yeah, yeah, said, yeah, I'm going to hit her with the yeah, board. Yeah, right? Got expelled. Yeah. No, he right. wouldn't hurt anyone. <laughs> well, right. Are you kidding? Have you seen his hands? Earl's got potato hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Of course um, not. I, I never oh, had no shit. felonies, you know what I'm saying? Never been in no trouble like that. Um, I was in the um, um, boot camp program they had down in Mississippi. Mm, but mm, their, mm. their particular program is in prison. Yeah. So, you, you know what I mean? It's in prison. So, at Parchment Penitentiary. But uh, I was locked up for it. Yeah, it was hot. You know what I mean? And I am, I pick cotton. cotton. Okay, I pick cotton. I pick cotton. Yeah. So, <laughs> People don't think you're picking cotton in the, in the 80s and 90s. Even right now, they're picking cotton at Parchment Penitentiary. People don't know this, but you you pick cotton. They got cotton fields and they got pecan Did you guys trees. Did you guys sing songs? Swing. No. <laughs> oh no, it would that'd have been that'd have been dead wrong. <laughs> but look, they on horses. They watching us. That horses with thirty carbon. Picking. <laughs> singing them. Him, yeah. You had to, you had to pick pecans. God damn! Did you eat them? Yeah. No, I mean that was just, we pick pecans and they, and, and they, we put them in a basket and they sold them or whatever, you know. And uh, we picked cotton. And we dig, we dug uh, uh, trenches. I'm talking, man, four football fields. You had to dig these trenches because they were putting a new pipeline in. So we digging these trenches, man. They like, I think it's four, five feet deep. And they give us these short handled shovels. I'm talking about man, <laughs> mini shovels. These, these, man, these shovels are like two feet long. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about man, you back breaking. <laughs> and we had to do all that, man. I'm telling you, it was, uh, it's like a military camp, you know. And so, uh, so you raised up out of that. Was, say again. I said so. You raised up out of that to uh, graduate yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. land on your feet in hot Atlanta. Man, look, like I said, I slept in my car for a month, and I was happy. I didn't have no driver's license, no tag, no insurance, no job. Yeah. And but I was happy. You know how I got my money? Oh. I hustled on the pool table. Yeah. I, I was a pool shark, you know, so it's, you know, and so, but I had to be, when, you, when you're hungry and you, you, you're sleeping in your car, you had to be very selective and you had to be pretty smart when it comes to playing pool and know who you're playing. Yeah. And uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was a roller coaster ride, you know, um, from the beginning, from 93 to 96, it was just, it was up and down, up and down, up and down, and it was because I uh, I just wasn't I didn't have a, a a male figure in my life to teach me, you know, money management, bank accounts, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I taught myself everything, and so uh, um, you know, I got after three months, I got on my feet, you know, um, and I was making good money, man. I mean, police free money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making. I'll make anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week down here, police free, 
And I was doing something that I never thought I would even, if someone told me I would have been doing it, I'd be like, you crazy. I'm selling meat door to door. And everybody was like, what? Yeah. I, I sell steaks door to door. That's I what remember. I did. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and it, it took a while for me to catch on to it. But once I caught on to it, I was incredible at it. And people couldn't believe it. They were like, you want what? I'm going to go sell some meat. Me? What? And then I, people had to literally <laughs> go out with me. They had to go out with me to see me do it. They'd yeah. be like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to, uh, and I promise you, I sold meat to racist white folks. I'm talking about straight up racist. <laughs> Who calls Klan? Yeah. I mean, they, they got the KKK on their trailer. They got to eat. And I stopped. <laughs> they got to eat, man. I'm eat. telling you, I got some stories for that, man. I'm, I don't know how much time you got on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, but man, I went through it. Yeah, you were hustling. Here. You, you were hustling. I mean? You were hungry and you man. were hustling. Yes, yeah. and then uh, I had lost my driver's license again. I got my driver's license, then lost him again from getting so many tickets and speeding. You know, um, I was making so much money, but I would keep all my money in my pocket. Mm. So I'm walking around with six, $7,000. I get robbed. I'm bankrupt. I'm out of business. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to walk around with a knot. Yeah, you you know what I mean? Just, just, <laughs> I just want to pull out a knot. I want to buy a soda and just and pull out. $4,000 just to pay for one song. <laughs> you know what I'm that's, that, that's that hood that's, mentality. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, the hood mentality. And so, yeah, after, you know, going up and down, going up and down, losing my license, uh, in jail for driving while license suspended, and just, just you know, just it was just bad from 93. I don't say all bad, but it was just, like I said, roller coaster from 93 to 96. In 97, uh, well, I met my uh, potential wife in 96 <laughs> and then married her yeah. in 98. Yeah. And I got two beautiful kids. You know, I was an entrepreneur from there. And it kind of slowed me down, you know. Um, yeah, that tends to you know happen. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, it slowed me down, you know what I mean? And uh, I, could, I, I could see my path, what I needed to do. Yeah. And uh, it just one thing after the other. Every year was better it financially. Was, yeah, it was. A, it was. It's. A, it's an evolution. It sounds like your story yeah. uh, is. Is you know from 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 rags to riches, uh, sort of speak. Whereas you 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 evolved in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, not just financially, but also mentally. Uh, you know, yeah. when when you're in a state, when you're you're in an environment, you can't just blame it all on the environment. You said it early on. It a lot a lot of it. Is on you, you know what you mm-hmm. want to do. What are you going to do? What what you know? What thirst you need to quench, and how hungry are you to 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 better yourself? So I think, uh, yeah, it, I mean, you're you're proof of that that it can happen, and and uh, yeah, you it sounds like you went through it all. Yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta want it, you know. You you yeah. have to you have to want it, and sometimes you know, uh, not to get spiritual with it, but sometimes you know. God will close one door to open up another one, and I'm sure uh, we've heard that saying before, but it's true. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, some people be like, man, I just lost, they're crying because they just lost their job. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason for it, you know? I, I look at all negative as a positive. I really do. I thank, I thank the Lord for sending me to prison. Yeah. I really do. I thank him for uh, that dude busting me in my face. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> We, uh, Did we talk you, about that? You, 
<laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that was his sweat. Yeah, that's a that's a sweat store. Yeah, hey, but but he didn't knock me out. Just so you know, I just got stolen. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm just saying, all the bad, you know, people gotta people can accept yes, yeah. people can accept yes, but they can't accept no. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And those are the times when you you know a person's character shows. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you have to. Uh, you know, people do it all the time. You know, they say, can you loan me $100? And I say, sure. They're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, but if they say, well, loan me $100, well, I ain't got it. Well, see, that's some bullshit. You know, I loaned you. I loaned, I loaned it to you, yeah. you know, last week, yeah. and, you know, and boom, 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 you know. And so it's like they can't accept no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes no is good. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be, I'm happy in any situation. That's why when I am in a struggle, People never know it. They never know it. That's why they always, like, when I do say, like, man, I ain't got no money today. Man, you got money. How you ain't got money you got a business? You gotta, like, yeah, you yeah. Know? You got to ask yourself. You got you to gotta think for a second. Damn, maybe I do got money. What? what, what? You know, you know what I'm man, Am I lying <laughs> to this dude? No, right. I ain't lying. <laughs> it's like, you know, so it's, it's no uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's, People, man, got to, you know, stop being so negative. You know, uh, that's all the stories they have is negative. You know, so they come in, man, it's all negative. Yeah. And then anything you bring up, they're going to look at the negative side. Hey, man, I'm going to start me a new business. Man, I heard people who start their own business, they they fail after the first six Mm -hmm. months. You're like, damn. (laughs) Everything is negative. You know, and I I don't even hang around people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So that's what uh, that's uh, you know, that's that's the same thing with, you know, when we reminisce and joke about growing up in Flint, getting blown out, speaking out of turn and stuff like that. You take that negative and you turn it into a positive. What have you learned from this experience and what can right. you do to uh, uh, advance and move forward? And uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you taking a time out because I know you're cooking. What are you preparing something for an event or something? No, no, no. I was just uh, uh, some of my employees in there. Um, I was just cooking some stuff for them. So they, they stayed nice. uh, a little later. So uh, he's got a staff. I, I'm a, it's a, yeah, I got uh, twelve. Yeah, I'm a small business, but you know, I got twelve uh, full time employees. That's something. So, That's uh, impressive. Good job. Yeah, man. Just, man, man, kudos to you too, Mal. Because yeah, well. <laughs> I guess, like I said, you, you, um, you know, what I'm saying you got out of Flint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And stayed out of Flint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and and made something, man. But I already knew, I always knew you were going to make it. You know what I'm saying? I did. I always knew you and Trey, mm-hmm. just because your, uh, your father, you know what I'm saying? How he was a go-getter. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard not to, it's hard to be a failure when, when Sam is, uh, is your father. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, because he was a go-getter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're no, a failure. Yeah. If Sam is your father, you're mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, what was it? Something wrong. Yeah, Something wrong, well. you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. You, right. you, you know my old man. You know my grandfather. My grandfather and parents and my mother played a, a big part in any successes oh, yeah. that I've had. Uh, but I've had a lot of failures in my life. But you just pick up the pieces and keep keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all we can do. Yeah, that's- that's it. I mean, you know, you play your hand to death. Yeah, success. Quit whining about the cards. Quit whining about the cards. Success to you know? me is and success to me is 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 
having another chance, breathing. You know what I mean? It doesn't always equate to what truck or what car or, or how big the house is. No. It's, uh, you know, having that, that opportunity to uh, keep advancing and, and to think of something new yeah. and try something new. So, Well, success is perception, yeah. like you just said. To you, it's, uh, you know, it's like what you just said. That That's success to you. Some people think, <clears throat> excuse me, some people think graduating from college with your degree, your master's, that's success. Some people think if I make a million dollars, I'm successful. Some people think just, hey, if I make $40,000 a year and I got a career, a steady job, I'm successful. You know, so it's just perception. You know, me, I am, uh, uh, I, I just can't be stagnant. Yeah. I got to keep moving no matter how much money I make or, or you know, what kind of car I drive. All, I just want to keep going. Like, um, uh, you know, I play golf on a regular you know, I'm an avid golfer, and I'm pretty good at golf. And, you know, I got a driver that I hit well. I hit it good. Yeah. As soon as they come out with a new one, I want to change it. Why? Because I can't stand still. I just can't. You know, I want to advance. It's like the computers. If I can get me a brand-new computer, and it's the Apple, it's the Mac, it's the nice one, and as soon as they come out with another one, I want to get rid of that one. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I just I want to keep growing. You know what I mean? I want to keep growing. So right now I'm in that thousandaire bracket. It's hard to make a million dollars, people. If y'all listening, <laughs> some people listening, you have to work to make a million dollars. It's not, you know, it's going to fall in your hand. You're yeah. not going to become a super rapper overnight <laughs> and make a million dollars. you got to work hard at it. Yeah, I'm telling you. You have to uh, take those uh, rolls of $4,000 that you have in your pocket and uh, put them away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those big knots. Exactly. You gotta gotta put them away. Hey, Earl. Uh, Earl, where is uh? What's the name of your business, and where where can people find you? Uh, and uh, my company is Two Guys and a Grill Catering. I got two companies actually. Two Guys and a Grill Catering is the name of my catering company, and then I also have a banquet facility that seats three hundred people and where's that? Um, dance floor, uh, bar, and the whole nine. Um, and it's called Cameron Hall. Where's and, that? Uh, Where's that located? That's in, Con- that's in Conyers, Georgia. It's about twenty-five miles out of Atlanta. Yeah, you got a website? Yes, I do. It's uh, Cameron Dining Service at Gmail dot com. And the beauty of that, people listening, if there's any uh, Ku Klux Klan members, he sells meat and will service anyone. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, though, you know, it's like a baby. You know, they yeah. don't know no better. Malcolm, we didn't we didn't really know about racism no. up there. We didn't really know about Yeah, I've talked uh, I've talked uh, about that on the podcast how we were yeah. we were we had, you know, it could be someone Asian, Latino, white. Yeah, we we, we just had a crew. You know what I mean? We had a crew. And within we, that we and within that crew, I think I think you hit it right on the on the head earlier in the interview when you said we you can't be a, a dolphin amongst sharks. Well, we were essentially a bunch of dolphins. Yeah. Surrounded by sharks, and 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 and, uh, and and we had to evolve. We we had to evolve. We made some mistakes along the way, but uh, you know, don't don't. One of the things that we always said: don't ever count us out. And if you look around, you see Vic, you see Trey, you see me, you see yourself, you see all these people that came from our our neck of the woods. I mean, they're thriving, and in my eyes, every one of them uh, is successful. Mm-hmm. Every one that came from that neighborhood is successful, even if you're still in Flint, because I still believe in Flint and, uh, uh, you know, have hopes for Flint. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, 
you know, that's that's the best way I can put it. I mean, dolphins among sharks, and you got to evolve. That's, that's it. Doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, you, you have to go out and eat everyone, but uh, you got to be aware. No, and you got to you got to swim hard. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you got to. And you, you can't be soft. You know what I mean? You can't be friendly. So meaning, <laughs> if you're if, if you're at the house and a stranger walks up to your door and say, "Yo, can I use your phone?" Hell you no. say, "Hell to the fuck no!" No, and that's what Earl means that's for those of you guys listening about being soft and being friendly. Those are terms. I'm sure they used in other hoods, but in Flint, if you, if you're friendly, you'd be like, "Yeah, come on in and use my use my uh, use my my phone." And all of a sudden, you'll hear this, <laughs> and then you're done. You're got. Right. You're hit. You see yeah, the yeah. You, you see stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're you're soft so, and you're not aware that evil does exist out there. Doesn't mean you have to think everything. It doesn't mean you have to believe everything and everyone is evil. But you know, you got to. You got to. You just know. Yeah, you just, you just, that's just the way it has to, how it is. Because I mean, Flint was so brutal, especially in the, like I said, the early nineties, uh, ninety three when I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the eighties. But nice. it was uh, uh, it was early nineties when it was really because in the eighties we were still fist fighting. Yeah. You know, and occasionally it, it got towards the late eighties when you know people started shooting. But in the nineties, that was that shooting was the thing. Early nineties, ninety three, you know, that was that. That's how you defended yourself. <laughs> you just shoot that nigga. That's what you, you know. That's yeah. how it looked. You know. So if uh, you you could not be soft um, over there, like when uh, I called John. Uh, and that's a good friend of ours. Yeah. And that's a good friend of mine. That's, that's Malcolm's cousin. I called cousin. John. I hadn't talked to John in, um, I hadn't talked to John in 20 years. Yeah. And when I do call him, I say, John, what's up, man? Now, I'm full of life and energy, you know, because I'm not all into the crime. I, you know, I ain't worried about nobody shooting me in the back. So I'm <laughs> full of life and joy. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, John, what's up, man? I ain't talked to you in forever. What's going down? First word he said, man, I'm about to kill a nigga. Yeah. I said, God, I I said, ain't nothing changed. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> I said, the last time I talked to you 20 years ago, you said you're about to kill a nigga. And 20 years later, the first thing you say when you talk to me is, man, I'm about to kill a nigga. <laughs> yeah, that's split. It, it corrupts. And that's all I did. It, can, it can get the best yeah. of you. It can get the best of you, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean... But we're glad. Yeah, we're glad. And, we're, and we're, we're, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say we're glad no, that. No, uh, I'm saying. <laughs> 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 you guys are the same. Oh, <laughs> go I'm, ahead. I was just be quiet. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I was, I'm happy that it didn't get the best of you and consume you. That's what I was gonna say. So. Why? Yeah. Well, it almost did. Yeah. It almost got me. It did. And then, and it took something like that to get me out of Flint. And what I mean is, you know, I had, I had plans. Because I had, you know, I, I had plans of coming to Atlanta, and I had, had it planned out. I was going to, you know, save this money, have enough money to, when I get down here, get me an apartment, um, you know, put my uh, furniture up in storage. I had a nice little plan. But see, sometimes... Your plans don't work out that way. Yeah, you know, but don't let that stop you. You know what I mean? So, I, I, uh, um, so 
somebody else put it this way. I had to do, I had to either kill a nigga or I had to leave, <laughs> basically. Okay. Those <laughs> that's were your that's choices. what got me out of sex so abruptly. Didn't nobody even know I had left. You know what I mean? Didn't nobody know I had left when, when I left because I had to leave abruptly. Somebody blew my car up. You remember that, Mount? Well, you, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, yeah, no, no, I know the story. <laughs> It's a, it's oh, okay, a, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a story of legends. <laughs> yeah, somebody blew my car, you know, yeah. and I know who did it. Yeah. And the thing is, the person who did it, I took care of him. Yeah. Well, Giving money, putting food in his mouth, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I knew at that point, now, see, you're in front. Like I said, you're around sharks. Yeah. Now, the only option I had was I had to go and kill him. That, 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 was, that was one option. Was, the other option is yeah. leave. What was your? What was your? What was your? So what was your thought when you? Would you just wake up and your car was on fire, or how's, how? How did that happen? Yeah, it was. Four, well, it was. Um, it was uh, four o'clock in the morning, God. and uh, we lived in apartments and where you had to be buzzed. You know, the, you, you know they could buzz you, and then you could talk to the person through the microphone. And uh, um, they woke us up and they said, um, um, "Hi." Yeah. Okay, she's in, she should be inside. Let me, um, oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah. okay. But, uh, um, I'm going to come around. I'm sorry. I know we're on live TV. Somebody just walked up to me. Um, <laughs> I'm not live. <laughs> I mean, live radio. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, no, but, uh, Somebody buzzed me and said, hey, the, uh, and he said it real calm. They were like, hey, the, um, the building is on fire, <laughs> and uh, we've been asking everyone to evacuate. So I could smell the smoke, you know, and so uh, me and my girlfriend, we got up, and, uh, you know, that we weren't even rushing. You know I mean? We were just, we threw our clothes on, pajamas or whatever, and we were walking downstairs. And at this particular apartment, the carport was under the apartment. Okay, so as we walking down the steps, I'm looking, and it looked like Godzilla done breathed on my car. <laughs> I mean, my car is in absolutely in flames; it has no chance of saving it. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the hell?" I said, "I was just planning to go to Atlanta within the next week." Okay, and so. Um, I'm like, you know, after they put the fire out, the, uh, um, the fire chief, he said, uh, yeah, it looked like someone threw a fire bomb in your car. Hmm. I knew exactly who did it. I knew exactly who did it. Oh, because I had just confronted him uh, a week before. You know, because I let him stay with as a young kid. He was 15 years old. I, just, I, I hate to leave people in the dark. So as a 15-year-old kid, at the time, I'm 21. His hmm. brother put him out. He didn't have nowhere to go. I let him stay with me. Okay, now in my own house, and I do this till today, I don't hide nothing in my own house. You come in my house right now, you'll see diamonds, jewelry, money, everything, just out. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my own house. You know, and so he knew where I had my money sitting there. It was just sitting there, you know, right there on my dresser. And long story short, one particular day he came, he knew I was gone, came back in there, and what gave it away is he had a conscience. He didn't steal all the money. He stole some of the money, most of it, but he left some. And so I knew, I said, anybody who did that, you know, have, you know, it had to be him because I've been, I've been taking care of his ass for the last week, <clears throat> you know. And so 
Um, anyway, I fronted him about it. And this is this goes back to Flint again. Now, we are Flint. Okay, so he was with his boys. I walked up to him, grabbed him by the collar, picked him up off the ground, and put him up against the wall. And told I said, if you wasn't so young, nigga, I'd beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, and I was 21 years old. He was 15. God. But I had to put the I had to put the fear of God in it, and so because I said I know you stole my money. Now, in Flint, see this is what that story I told about earlier. You know, now he know he stole my money, but because I punked him out and because I was angry about my money being stolen, you know he got to come and blow my car. Up. You know I don't have a right to be angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying that's why you know if somebody do something to you, don't you be angry. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't show no emotions about it. So because I showed emotions about it, he comes and blows up my car. Mm. Okay, just ruins all everything, all my plans, everything. And so um, at that point, I knew I had to make a decision. I had to, you know, um, you know, say, okay, now how am I dealing with this? Am I going to retaliate? Because well, you know, this this is beyond fist fighting. He's 15 years old. What am I going over there and do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Somebody you know what I mean? And so I know, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do a fist fight this 15 year old. Yeah. Somebody's got to go. Yeah. You know, and most likely it would have been me. I mean, that's the mindset. Because I'm, I, yeah, because, because I'm the rational. I'm not going to go, like I said, I'm, he's 15. Yeah. I'm not going to go to prison for this 15 year old. Yeah. So had I stayed in Flynn, like I said, I know. I would have got shot, or he would have got shot, but yep. most likely it would have been me. Mm-hmm. Most likely it would have been me because I, I'm just I'm not thug like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just not looking to, to take you out like that. Yeah. So I knew I had to go. In three days, I was in Atlanta. Yeah. In three days, I was gone, and when I got here, I had two hundred dollars in the tank full of gas. That's it. No license, no tag, nothing. And you know the rest is history. So now, uh, like I said, I've been in business now. For almost 15 years, you know, uh, my kids are doing good. good. Uh, even though me and my wife are not together anymore, we, we technically we're still married, but we're cordial, you know. Um, so, you know, but my life is good. You know, good. I, have, I have I have nothing to complain about. Good. Nothing. Good, good, good. <laughs> that so, was yeah. that. Yeah, that was that. That's an amazing story. I mean, just uh, just and I'm sure you've got hours and hours of other stories which yeah, we yeah, can I'm, we can I'm, pick yeah. up we can pick up but uh yeah give us your website one more time it's cameron dining service at gmail.com yeah well that's a an email that's an email right that's how they contact you yeah yeah the email the website i'm sorry yeah, yeah the website is uh no my <laughs> Get it together. Thank you, i'm sorry cameron dining service uh dot com yeah we get we get it yeah, That's what's up. yeah i'm sorry yeah cameron dining service dot com and then the email is is uh yeah is the other one. cameron dining service at gmail dot com yeah, yeah. that's how you contact my man right. in uh in, in hot Atlanta. Yeah. so earl yeah right. thanks 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 for uh thanks for taking us uh for a stroll down memory lane and uh and keeping it real you know what i mean you kept us uh entertained oh, yeah. and we were on the edge of our seats listening to you Oh, so. yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, man. See, I'm, I'm so old, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I'm saying, I, I, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to expect. So. You, don't, you don't even but, pay uh, attention. You don't even pay attention to all this stuff I post. 
You just you no, just look. I, I just look at it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you got you got to click on it. You got to click on it. Right. So, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll let you know when this is up, and uh, you can click on it and listen to it, relive it again with us. So, Earl, uh, thanks for joining us, and I'll catch up with you a little later. Okay. Okay, man. Uh, it was nice talking to you too, man. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 As there's cops in the background. <laughs> Taking him yeah, away yeah. now. As there's sirens. Hey, we found him. We've tracked him down. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> did you hear the sirens? Yeah, I did. Yeah, here we go. Did. Yep. We got him now. All these years. <laughs> timing. You see the, see the headlines. Atlanta man caught finally. After years. Bicycle theft. It says he's a cater you know I mean? by day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I told you though, but no, all jokes aside, I mean that's my man. So that's uh, that's what's up, people. So yeah, just for the record, you know we started the, we started the interview or the show off, uh, you know talking about uh, what's going on down in Ferguson. The story kind of evolved, so we got off track. But uh, interesting story, very inspirational story because you got to know what's going on, you know, in in these places, not to compare Flint. To what's going on in Ferguson is two separate different stories, but Earl's story, I think, is one of of great evolution. It's it's something that where and Flint isn't all bad. There are good parts of Flint. There are great people in Flint, great families in Flint. Uh, my grandmother, uh, she uh, retired from GM at Flint, so there are great stories out there. But all we see in the media are all the bad things that are going on. Now Flint's always in the top two of the worst place, and there are bad things about it. You know, you can't you can't perform open heart surgery. You know what I mean on a body, which meaning GM, and then just leave the wound open. And think that, uh, you know, it's going to heal and repair itself. And that's the only way I can, that's the only analogy I can use when it is Flint. We, we are put in a situation, we have to deal with it, and we have to evolve. Even if you're a dolphin, you have to evolve somehow to either uh, stay in that environment and make the best out of it or get out and make the best out of, uh, out of your life. And in this case, that's what, that's what my main man Earl did. And, uh, you know, hats off to him and hats off to everyone, everyone from and in Flint, Michigan and all the other Flint, Michigans, you know, in America and in the world for that matter. Uh, you know, keep your head up and keep, keep, you know, keep keep your, keeping on. (laughs) Yeah. Keep your motor going and, uh, and, uh, you know, keep, uh, you know, stay focused because, uh, you know, one wrong turn, you know, there's, there's consequences out there. Yep. And we don't want to lose any of them, any of you, no one. Because, uh, you know, there's value out there. True. You know, there's every, every soul out there, I don't care what, you know, race they are, where they come from, uh, we're, of, we're, we're priceless. There's no value, there's no number that you can put on a human life. And to see it, to see anyone uh, shot down and left uh, left for dead or, you know, just make a mistake and blow someone's car up or make a mistake because you're, you know, you want something that your neighbor has, you know what I mean? It ain't worth it. There's, there's a way. You, have, you always have options. If someone listening right now, that they might think their hood, Northern Virginia, in a gated community is the worst situation. But keep in mind, you got options. It's not the worst of the worst. You're breathing, and uh, your uh, you know you, you, you your mind is healthy to some greater or lesser degree. But uh, 
uh, it may be clouded, but you, you you got options. So keep that in mind, people. Mariam Tazi, you got options. Okay? You got options. Don't be a gangster all your life. <laughs> trying to tell, tell her people. You guys don't even know Tazi like I know Tazi. But that being said, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Mariam, I'm happy you're back. Thank you. Good and, to be back. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this keep this uh, show going for another episode. Domino motherfucker. Raining man, but the offer that I'm making won't be made again. You don't have to write, you don't have to call. It's a one time offer for nothing at all. And there's no red tape, I don't make it hard. You don't need cash, money, or a master card. I got easy terms and a layoff wave, but I need a quick decision and I need it today.